When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. What is up? Welcome to episode five of the Alex Fast Show. So what are we doing? A quick refresher. We're breaking down pitchers. Right? Every single MLB pitcher is here for a reason. Maybe their arsenal possesses something unique or they have like a distinct release point that allows them to succeed. What this show wants to find out is what is that reason, right? Every week I'm going to be doing an exhaustive breakdown on a single pitcher that I think I think I'm having you guys like vote on on Twitter every Monday to try and gather some interest. I guess I'm going to keep on doing that in the process. I'm going to be breaking down at least one high level pitching concept per episode, induced vertical break or seam shifted wake or vertical approach angle, whatever it may be. Every day, I really want to like stress this. I'm learning about this. I'm learning about this with all of you, right? I'm, you know, having conversations with a bunch of people after I record these and they listen to them and sometimes they say, hey, great point that you made about this, but actually it might be better to talk about things in this way. And usually when those conversations happen, I'm going to make sure to integrate those things into the notes. My goal is to make sure that we have a clear understanding of the things that we are studying in terms of pitching. And I'm not a perfect human being. Like I say in every episode, I I am learning about this with you, uh, so I appreciate people reaching out with that feedback. It's been super constructive for the most part. I've had a few jerks, but for the most part, it's been pretty constructive, uh, so that's nice. Um, again, thank you for listening and tuning in, but without further ado, you don't need to hear all that. You're, you're here for the meat and potatoes, right? Let's break down who we're talking about today, and that is, of course, none other than Yuri Perez, right? And today's concept that we're going to break down is spin efficiency or active spin. So let's start with where we're currently at with Yuri Perez, right? Started the year as the Marlins top overall prospect. This man is 20 years old, which is very funny to me because he's younger than Paul Skeens, who everyone is talking about from LSU getting drafted. And is he going to you know, get drafted by the Pirates and pitch for them by the end of the year? He's younger than him, which is pretty remarkable. Perez made his debut in the middle of May. He looked pretty good, has only gotten better uh, in his last five starts, okay? 0.32 ERA with a 33% K rate and a 5% walk rate and a 178 average against and an 82 whip. He's been dominant in these past five star- five starts. And listen, I understand the teams haven't necessarily been offensive juggernauts that he's going up against, right? But there's a difference between having like a two ERA over five starts against poor teams and giving up just one earned run in 28 innings pitched against poor teams it's it's like i always take issue with like yeah but he did it against you know this awful team it's like tonight domingo Herman threw a perfect game and people are like it doesn't count because it's against the a's i don't care it's a major league team yeah you're oh are they they're more like a triple a team. no it's a major league team with 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 major league talent right okay i get it they are the second if not the worst team in baseball but like you still got to do it you still got to execute that's it's pretty unbelievable to me anyway okay um so let's start by looking at an overview of who yuri perez is as a pitcher right 
He's got a four-pitch mix, four-seam, slider, curve, changeup. As opposed to some of the earlier pitchers we've discussed, Perez actually has some more distinct splits between right-handed hitters and lefties so far. So against righties, he's largely a slider four-seam combo guy. Goes to the slider about 43% of the time, the four-seam about 41%. Occasionally, he'll mix in a few curveballs and change-ups, but both of them are sub-10% to righties. For lefties, Yuri Perez attacks with four-seamers 50% of the time, but then mixes in his other three pitches relatively equally. Seems to prefer the curveball a bit more, going to the pitch about 21% of the time, but the changeup and the slider both have a nearly 15% usage rate. Now, if I wasn't a coward who <laughs> cared so much about the integrity of this show, I was just going to record this episode by simply saying the word velocity, and that's it. Because for some of you, that might just be enough. Yuri Perez is good because he's got fantastic velocity, and that's kind of the end-all be-all sometimes, right? Yuri Perez's four-seamer sits about 97.98, which is the third highest four-seamer velocity in all of baseball. His slider sits at 87, which isn't elite, but is still two ticks above average. His curveball is not in the top 20, but it sits 81, which is a pretty remarkable velo difference between, you know, that uh, and his four seam, which it's 97, 98. It's also two ticks above league average. The curveball league average is 79. Yuri Perez is at 81. Um, he's only thrown about uh, like 90 changeups, but it comes in at a whopping 90 miles an hour, which is insane to say about a changeup for consideration there. That's five ticks above league average. The average is 85 mile an hour. Let us start as we always do with the most predominant pitch in his arsenal, which between righties and lefties overall is the four-seamer. So we've we've established that Yuri Perez's four-seamer is elite in terms of velocity. By Stuff Plus, it's fantastic. It's got a 126 overall, which is the sixth best in baseball. By PLV, it's a 5.33, which 93rd percentile. The pitch gets about 18 inches of induced vertical break or carry or rise or hop or vert, however you want to refer to it. It's a concept that we broke down in the first episode with David Cohn. Um, that's above the league average of about 16 and would be nearly top 10 in baseball among starters. What makes the four-seamer particularly unique is the amount of ride he gets on the pitch. So he averages eight uh, about eight inches of horizontal movement on it. And if we're looking at pitchers that have an above average amount of rise, only six have as much or more ride. Uh, and just one of those has an average velocity over 96 mile an hour in Garrett Coles, right? So we're looking at a pitch that gets a really good amount of vert plus an above average amount of ride at a very, very good velocity. And that's what makes that pitch so incredibly, uh, you know, it makes it pop on the stuff plus charts or I, hopefully that plosive wasn't too intense, but I'm trying to really hit the point here. Um, it does actually have a lot of similarities with Cole's four-seamer as well. Both average about 97. The release points aren't too far apart. The movement profile is relatively similar, but one thing that gives Perez's heater the edge is the amount of extension that he gets. He gets nearly seven feet of extension, which puts his effective velocity at 99 miles an hour, while Garrett Cole's maintains closer to 97. So, that's a lot of things to combine to make that four-seamer really good, right? Just to recap, we've got a four-seamer that has fantastic carry, a unique amount of run to it, and is essentially coming into batter's hands at 99 miles an hour. That's unbelievable. Nick had a really great breakdown of this pitch in his pitch analysis segment over on YouTube. Um, what makes that weapon so dangerous, especially to right-handed hitters, is when it's executed, it is increasingly difficult to square up. It's a pitch that can jam guys so effectively resulting in these kind of weak fly balls uh, or just uh, foul balls overall. 
In terms of how he utilizes this pitch, how how Perez utilizes the four-seamer, there aren't really many surprises there. Uh, When you're getting that much run, you're likely going to go arm side with the pitch, and he does just that, right? 49% of his four-seamers are arm side, which is 96th percentile. It also makes sense that he doesn't really choose to elevate the pitch all that much, especially when you consider how steep the pitches. Um, now, according to Alex Chamberlain's pitch leaderboard, Yuri Perez has a five-degree vertical approach angle, which means that his four-seamer is a bit steeper than what you would usually see. We talked a lot about the uh, vertical approach angle for George Kirby in the past episode. If you want kind of a um, a breakdown on what vertical approach angle is, but essentially the you know the closer to zero you are getting the flatter and the higher number like closer to negative seven or negative eight the steeper you are going to get and it's a little bit reductive but more often than not if you have something that's closer to zero you're going to elevate and if you have something that's closer to negative seven or negative eight or negative six you're going to drop it down in the zone a little bit right so As we discussed also uh, last week, there are a lot of factors that can determine whether or not it would make sense for you to be elevating your four-seamer, right? You you can have elite-induced vertical break. You can have good spin efficiency. You have above-average vertical approach angle. Perez has above vertical break, right? He has above average vertical break, as we just discussed, about 18 inches, whereas league average is 16. But his four-seamer is steep, right? It's steep, as we mentioned. It's got a negative five vertical uh, approach angle. How is his spin efficiency? It's relatively average. Uh, if not slightly below average, uh, but to say that though is like kind of a bit tricky and kind of like one of the one of the qualms that I have in talking about analytics and pitching analysis. Saying spin efficiency is average kind of gives off the impression that it's not good and uh, not bad. It's average, which makes sense. But when a pitcher has below average spin efficiency, that does not inherently make it a bad pitch. So let's take a step back. What is spin efficiency? That's the concept for this episode. What's spin efficiency? It is the metric that you should be looking at as opposed to raw spin. Let me say that. I I don't think it's beneficial to cite a pitcher's spin unless you are citing their spin efficiency. Spin is important. It's a puzzle piece, but the larger, more pivotal corner piece, if you will, is spin efficiency. Raw spin in a vacuum doesn't really mean much because when a pitch is thrown and it has a spin rate, not all of that spin is contributing to the movement of the pitch. What spin efficiency is, uh, is how much of the spin actually contributes to the movement of a pitch. So, for example, if a four-seamer had a 100% spin efficiency, all of the spin would contribute to the movement of the pitch. If it had an 80% spin efficiency, 80% would contribute to the movement of the pitch, with the remaining percentage being something like gyro spin, um, also referred to as like bullet spin or football spin or like washing machine spin if that helps because that's one of the visualizations I used when I was first learning about this stuff that spin that kind of spin does not contribute to the movement of a pitch so like let's get even more granular right think of a football being thrown right gyro spin is football spin a football being thrown it's usually thrown with a perfect gyro spin um none of that gyro spin impacts the movement of the football it doesn't dart left or right like a slider or a sinker it goes in a relatively straight line in the way that the quarterback is throwing the ball in the context of baseball spin impacts the movement of the pitch and spin efficiency lets us know how much of it does so 
So one topic we frequently discuss here is the lack of continuity across the baseball space. And spin efficiency is a perfect example of that. Some people call it spin efficiency. Some people call it active spin. I know Tom Tango really prefers the term active spin and really dislikes the term spin efficiency because then it means that there is such a thing as inefficient spin, which doesn't really quite make sense. But I feel like it is more common to see spin efficiency written down, whether that's for better or worse, I can't really say. So why is active spin or spin efficiency useful? Often, if a four-seamer has a higher spin efficiency, closer to 100, because you can't get more than 100%, right? They're going to get more carry on the pitch or rise or vert or hop. Uh, There's a lot more nuance involved there, but that's not a bad rule of thumb to start with. The reason I do not think it's helpful to say a pitcher gets a below average amount of spin efficiency on their four-seamer is because of the negative connotation that implies, right? You can have a good four-seamer with poor spin efficiency or below average spin efficiency. You would just likely be using it at the bottom of the zone, but it doesn't preclude you from having a, 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 a good four-seamer, right? Yuri Perez has a 94% spin efficiency, which is about average, middle of the road, or to be more clear, doesn't necessarily indicate he should always be aiming at the top of the zone. So let's let's jump back into Yuri Perez's four-seamer. 38% low location, which is 99th percentile in baseball. He's pounding the bottom of the zone with that pitch. The 11% heater location, uh, and that's something that we define at Pitcher List as pitches that are located exclusively middle-middle, is also in the 93rd percentile, which is a kind of a good transition to my next point, right? I just said uh, he throws the 93rd percentile amount of four-seamers in the middle of the zone. He's got excellent stuff plus. Perez has excellent PLV on that four-seamer, excellent movement profile, not excellent results. He's got a 40% hard contact rate. That's 10% above average. A 366 WOBA, 50th, uh, 50th percentile, excuse me. The swinging strike rate is just 7%, right? That's that's the 26th percentile. So why the poor results? Could be a lot of factors, one of which is simply small sample size. Um, one guess is maybe, he, maybe he's struggling to locate the pitch where it needs to be at the moment. Maybe he's struggling to command that amount of ride that he is getting or run that he is getting on that pitch. He's also 20, right? He's 20 years old which is insane. Uh, The zone rate on the pitch is the 85th percentile at 56%, and the zone contact is the 46th percentile. So what does that mean? He throws it in the zone a lot, and he gives up a lot of contact in the zone when he does. The other possibility is that guys are just sitting heater to start at bats. He doesn't go to it too often in OL counts, but he does go to it relatively early. And while the F strike on the pitch is 70%, which is 83rd percentile, the true F strike is 57%, which is 70th percentile, and a perfect example of why F-strike does not make sense to me. So what are the differences? And what's the difference between F-strike and 2F-strike? I wrote an article about this. It's just always been a pet peeve of mine. F-strike, as a statistic, is first pitch strike. However, it's including batted balls, which might not be a good thing. So, for example, if I give up a 0-0 home run on a heater, that would mean, and it's my first ever four-seamer thrown, which would probably be the case if I were a major league pitcher, it would have a 100% F-strike. You would look at that in a, in a vacuum and you would think, whoo, he's so good at getting ahead with that four-seamer. Let me tell you what. True F-strike ignores balls in play. It just says, how often are you getting a strike via a swing and miss, a called strike, a foul ball? How often are you getting a first pitch strike, which is what the metric is? Anyway, 
that's a perfect example of why F-Strike in and of itself isn't really effective, because when he does throw it first pitch, he can give up a good amount of contact on it. Uh, it's worth noting, again, though, considerably small sample size, so I don't think it's fair to say at all this is going to continue to necessarily be an issue for Yuri Perez. Let's move on, though, to the other pitches in his arsenal. We can jump in now to the slider, the second most featured pitch and his most featured breaking pitch. He gets zero, uh, zero inches of horizontal break on the pitch with an induced vertical break of six, which is relatively unique. Often guys with a gyro slider profile, which is sort of what he has, won't have as much carry on their slider the way that Yuri Perez does. Some other comps strictly by movement profile would be like Zach Plezak and Genesis Cabrera, but I wouldn't really take that too seriously as there are a lot of other factors that come into play that make Gary Perez's slider a bit more unique, namely the brake tilt and the velocity, although to be fair, Zach Plezak's brake tilt is relatively close to Perez's, but the velocity isn't, nor is the release point, like, at all, like, literally at all. It's so not necessarily perfect to say that they're a, a good comp. Perez gets a perfect average uh, noon or 12 brake tilt on his slider, which is interesting and, again, quite unique. I think if you were to watch Perez and not see velocity readings, you might actually confuse that slider for the curveball because often that slider gives you the impression that it's just breaking straight down, uh, but we'll get into the curveball shape in a bit. In terms of performance, this is where a lot of those swings and misses are coming from for him. The pitch has a 21% swinging strike rate, which is 86th percentile, and just like his four-seamer, he loves throwing it arm side, which makes sense, as he likely enjoys pairing it off of that four-seamer. I mean, look at that usage against righties. He's actually going predominantly slider, and then four-seamers slightly less. The pitch has a fantastic 29% put-away rate, the slider does, which is a metric that measures how efficient a pitcher is in two-strike counts with a pitch. So think of it like this. If I um, uh, have a two-strike count and I throw a four-seamer and it's fouled off and a four-seamer and it's a ball and a four-seamer again and bam, I get the strikeout on that third four-seamer, right? My K rate on the four-seamer, if it's the first at-bat I've ever had, is going to be 100%. I have struck out 100% of my batters with that four-seamer, but my put-away rate is going to be one over three. In a two-strike count, I threw three four-seamers. Therefore, I have a 33% put-away rate. That would, of course, still be relatively high, but that gives you some context as to what that stat is, right, and why it can be helpful. How efficient are you with two strikes with that pitch? And Yuri Perez is very efficient with his slider. Perez loves throwing it low in the zone, which makes sense, right? You throw sliders low in the zone, duh, but he's 92nd percentile with 79% of his sliders ending up there. And, and, and I want to actually give more caveats to that too. When I say down in the zone, I'm not talking about down and away, down and in. Imagine there's a perfect vertical line dissecting the middle of the strike zone, right? Perfect vertical line coming right down the center of the strike zone. Yuri Perez is locating his slider at the bottom of the zone uh, on this line, so right kind of in the middle, bottom of the zone, about 41% of the time, which is the second highest total in all of baseball. Guys are not able to make solid contact with the pitch. They're hitting 148 off of it with a 186 Woba, and he's yet to give up a home run on the pitch. He's thrown 210 of them at the moment, which isn't super unique. There are dozens of pitches that have been thrown about 200 times that have not given up a home run. So still quite impressive uh, in a vacuum, right? That's good. He can still make a few mistakes, leave the pitch in the zone a bit too much, in which case guys can smoke it for a line drive. The 
pitch has a 71% Z contact, which is 91st percentile. And it also has a 57% contact rate, which is 89th percentile. It makes that swinging strike rate a bit more surprising, but it also speaks to Yuri Paris's ability to get strikes with that slider as he can throw it in the zone when he really needs to. We're going to break down the curveball and the changeup as well as give you a high-level summary of who Yuri Perez is as a pitcher right after this quick break. Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom has created weight management programs that are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. So stop chasing health trends and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. So the other breaking pitch that Yuri Perez features is the curveball. Again, relatively unique pitch in that it gets just 41 inches of drop, which is 10 inches less than average, right? The pitch has a horizontal break of negative four and an induced vertical break of about zero, which doesn't sound like your typical curveball. Again, if you saw this pitch next to his slider... Uh, without a velocity reading, I think you would have a difficulty telling the difference between the two, but the pitch, um, now obviously like camera angle plays a part in that, but still the pitch does come in, the curveball that is about six mile an hour less than his slider, and it's the slowest pitch in his arsenal at 81 miles an hour. Obviously the pitches are different, the curveball and the slider, and the curveball has a little bit more of that slurve characteristic to it and that it gets a little bit more horizontal break, but I would not really call this pitch a slurve overall. There are times when the two can bleed into one another. That is the curveball and the slider um, in terms of shape. And I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing or a bad thing, especially when that velo difference is coming into play. I'll say this, though. The league average whiff rate on a curveball is 27%. Currently, Yuri Perez has a 60% whiff rate. So whiff rate is not swinging strike rate. They're slightly different. Whiff rate is on pitches that were swung at. How often do they return a swing and a miss? A 60% whiff rate on a curveball is astronomical. It's just 110 thrown, but that is a way to start your career with a curveball. Um, the league has been able to do nothing with his curveball so far. It has a contact rate of 40%. That is 30% below league average. When guys do make contact with it, they're just hitting these pulled ground balls and getting a lot of weak contact. The swinging strike rate, which looks to measure how many swings you're getting over total pitches thrown, so different from whiff rate because the denominator on whiff rate is swings and the denominator on swinging strikes is how many pitches you have seen, uh, specifically of that pitch type, is 99th percentile. So again, 
25% swing strike rate, 99th percentile. This is a really good example of why all this context matters, right? Because if you want to go look at his Baseball Savant page, and this is not a knock on Baseball Savant, by the way, this is just something that's very difficult to do when you're presenting data visualization. If you looked at his Data Savant page, you would see, oh, he gets 10 inches less drop than average on his curveball. That must be a terrible curveball. It's not dropping, but you would obviously be incorrect in this case. There's so much more nuance when that comes from, and that's a very important takeaway. Every metric is a puzzle piece and sometimes that puzzle piece fits perfectly into another puzzle piece and that makes the pitcher who they are right so while sometimes it can be good to be a little reductive you know with certain metrics you know hard contact is hard contact and if it's high you relatively don't like that when it comes to movement profile sometimes it's best to dig a little bit deeper so lastly there's paris's change up which is very funny to me. Um, the pitch is, is beautiful, not just because of its above average break profile, but because it is a 90 mile an hour changeup, and that's unbelievable. The only issue is that in this kind of brief stint, Perez has like absolutely no idea where this pitch is going quite yet. Again, he's 20. Doesn't matter. He's 20. He's doing great. He's succeeding well. He's fine. But he has no idea where this pitch is going. For more context, he's throwing 87 changeups. Okay. <laughs> this is so funny to me. The, the the typical zone rate on a changeup is 34%. Okay, that's league average, 34%. Paris has just thrown 81. Okay. Give me a give me a quick guess, right? What do you think Paris's zone rate is? How how many changeups? Zone rate is just how many changeups you've thrown that are ending up in the zone, right? League average is 34%. Yuri <laughs> Yuri Perez's zone rate on his changeup is six. Six percent, okay, by my count, of the 81 that he has thrown, from what I saw, about five have been in the zone so far this year, which is just very funny to me. Uh, Just like his four-seamer and slatter, he likes to go arm side with the pitch, but he truly doesn't know where it's going. Like I said, there's no point in delving into the batted ball numbers or swing and miss numbers with fewer than 100 thrown. But just know that if he can find to get that pitch in the zone with any frequency, it can be a really dangerous weapon for him. I, I really do believe that. Again, 20 years old, 90 mile an hour changeup. Just figure out how to command it a bit more. Whoop, that's going to be an effective weapon for him. Okay. So what did we learn about Yuri Perez? He's a pitcher with fantastic velocity that is going to allow him to succeed as a result of it. He has an elite four-seamer by velocity with a good amount of carry and run to it, allowing him to jam hitters effectively when he can command the pitch as it can often leak out middle-middle and get punished. He has a gyro-ish slider that has a lot of unique characteristics to it that allow it to pair well with his four-seamer, and he shows a great ability to both get called strikes and whiff with the pitch. The curveball and the slider look relatively similar without velo readings, and the former has a wonderful ability to get swings and misses, and weak contact with the changeup looks like it could be fantastic, especially without elite velocity, but again, no idea where he where it's going, just none. But that's it. I, I really hope you walk away with a slightly deeper understanding of who Yuri Perez is, who he is as a pitcher, and how he has success. As always, please feel free to reach out with any questions or comments. Look out for a Twitter poll next week about Monday to help me decide who we should break down next. But that's going to do it for episode number five of The Alex Fast Show. I'll talk to you guys next week.